Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at rollwithadventure.com. And now let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode three of Roll with Adventure's flagship campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I am the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. For those of you following along, you may notice that sound is still even a little bit different in this episode. Uh, We're still sorting out sound levels and trying to find the right mics for the right people and unplug anything that's buzzing. Now, this episode, our heroes are in the small city of Dwemer Hollow and have split up to gather information. Quarry and Yovan now head towards a local herbalist, while Faileth has gotten herself lost, and Melian will shortly be returning to the house on Sapphire Lane. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. For those listeners unfamiliar with player initiative, you roll a d20, and depending on how dexterous you have been, you add up a plus two for fantastically dexterous moves, or a minus two for the not most dexterous moments. So, how have each of our heroes been this past week? How do we decide who talks first now? We have to have a roll to figure out who gets to talk about their week first, and then a role to figure out who gets to t- introduce themselves, right? <laughs> so how do we determine? No, is that not? I think you should just take it away. There's a plane going overhead. I uh, actually this week, um, my I mentioned last week that I started working out. Uh, this week, the pain in my legs has largely gone away. Um, feeling a lot more energetic. Uh, however, I haven't done anything especially dexterous other than move a couch um, all by myself. So I'm going to take a plus one. Uh, my week has been um, mostly just relaxation and uh, hanging about, so I'm going to go with a plus zero. I feel particularly tired and stupid today, so I think I will take the minus two. I have done a few brain un... well, no. See? I can't even do this. I have done some undexterous things with my brain. Or I have failed to do dexterous things with my brain. Anyway, I'll just take the minus two. <laughs> uh, if we're including brain undexterity, uh, then I should probably also get a minus two, because while attempting to eat my dinner, I tried to salt it several times, had a minor panic attack that I had become so desensitized to salt through my years of abusing it that I was probably about to die, realized that my salt container was in fact closed, <laughs> then made a point of opening it too much to make a giant pile of salt just on the side of my plate. So that was my salt saga, and I should probably get a minus two. I I feel, though, Sasha, like maybe you should actually get a plus because your pile of salt didn't land on your potatoes, but next that to them. That is true. 
they did have their own little little area contained on the plate and it could have been much worse so maybe i do get a plus just <laughs> save myself a little bit of mental anguish how about let's go with a plus one hooray for me and being good at salt <laughs> that's okay. a thing i'm capable of as an adult now let's see what you roll that's a six. Nineteen, baby. Whoa. I rolled a sixteen, which uh, with a plus one is seventeen. Looking at a comfortable eleven, personally. Okay. So will our uh, salt fiasco uh, go first in introducing themselves and their character? Oh yeah. I am Sasha, and I play Faleth the half-elven bard who was raised by and speaks to the dead. And Faelith's favorite food is mud pies. Not the, like, chocolate, coffee, crispy kind of mud pie, but the, like, actual mud with some worms in. Worms are very good uh, protein. Did I mention she was raised by ghosts? I'm Brian. I'm at MindOverBrian on Twitter. I play Melian, the barbarian who currently looks like a uh, carbon copy of Faleth, so a tiny little ur- urchin child uh, who's actually very clean at the moment, um, but uh, dusky sort of darkish purple, or not, purpley skin and uh, big white eyes, looks about eight, is actually functionally about 15. Uh, I am David, and I am the voice of Jovan, uh, the resident scholar and person who knows things. Uh, he is currently encountering more questions in the past few days than he's had in the past few months, and is thriving. My name's Allie. I'm playing Quarry Anakalathi Bostukbase, a Goliath Paladin of Soul. And Quarry once tried to kill a lich, but instead almost got killed by their undead servant. Allie, I would like to mention that I'm very proud of you for how fluidly you said that name. Oh, thank you. I've been practicing under my breath while all of you (laughs) did your intros. It shows, and I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Okay. So today we are going to start off with Kwari and Yovan. Where last we met, you had spoken with a reclusive or sort of hidden uh, blacksmith uh, by the name of Alan uh, in the depths of the district of Frost's Folly uh, in the southeastern corner of Dwemer Hollow. And there you'd gathered some information, found out about a recent contract that had been procured to replace all of the weaponry and equipment for the town. And, uh, well there, Alan, who specializes in magical equipment, gave you a list of items that if you were out and about, or rather than items, I should say materials, uh, that he would be quite happy to get his hands on. And that would, if you were to obtain them, that he might be able to uh, 
work out some kind of deal for creating items for you. Amongst the items listed was one scola flower, the skull from it, to be precise. And thinking about it, you wondered if that, combined with the other items, might actually be used for necromancy. And as such, you both searched and scratched your minds, but couldn't find anything. So, you are heading towards a local herbalist. Jovan, you are currently leading Quarry uh, towards a place called Roots, Leaves, and Seeds. A herb emporium that is down a back alleyway. Is there anything that you two are talking about on the way there? There is definitely something that Quarry wants to bring up. Let's go with that first. Okay. Um, Yovan, the information that we have gathered from Alan is quite interesting and I think perhaps sheds some light on um, the other mystery that we are seeking to resolve, the, the mystery of the missing children. Can't help but notice that there seems to be a weird coincidence that that Quent has a shop at the docks and there is that mysterious boat that leaves the docks uh, what is it, once every new moon? And then there's um, Buchanan's child that has disappeared and yet Buchanan is the only one on the council that is pr protesting Quent's weapons. Of course, it's far too early to say, but it does seem interesting to me that I, I want to ensure that we keep our minds open, that it is not impossible that the two may be connected. I'll admit, I had brushed it aside as a useless bit of local gossip when I first heard it, but having the pieces all put together like that, there very well might be something there. Of course, not enough to act on, but as we continue to gather our information, certainly something to keep in mind. And, um... And speaking of gathering information, I have been thinking that uh, as the most recent disappearance of a child was only last night, perhaps we can visit the scene of the disappearance and see if there is anything noteworthy there. I, I don't know where it is the child disappeared from. I believe Faileth said that the uh, last one was somewhere in Old Town, but uh, perhaps we can find out where and and maybe question the people involved while the incident is still fresh in their minds. I, I agree. We don't have very many answers right now, but perhaps we can get some more intelligent questions. What concerns me is if Brennigan is really tied into the missing children, then that would naturally mean that the customers uh, might have some connection as well, which would indict the council, the guard, much of the core of the city. Yes, it is hard to say how much of their operation is a front and how much is, well, whatever is going on. Definitely something to follow up on, though. I don't know whether or not it is possible to accomplish all of this today. I think, for me, the highest priority is visiting the site of the most recent disappearance, should we be able to find it. But if we do have time, I think it would be useful for us to acquire one of these weapons that 
for some reason, the council thinks uh, are worthy of replacing everything that the town guard had before. That, at least, is doable. I can think of a hundred ways. And we might just have an opportunity on the way to the crime scene. Excellent, excellent. Do you know where the uh, the most recent disappearance occurred? That's an excellent question, Cass. Would I have known that? Uh, since it only happened last night, uh, and therefore would have only been reported this morning, you don't. But you do know where the last disappearance before that was, because that was from the Buchanan Manor. Uh, so the nobleman's son. Uh, Faileth mentioned that the ghosts said that one had disappeared last night. So it's entirely possible that maybe the guards don't even know. Mm. Right. So I'd follow that along then. It's, uh, no, I, I don't. But there are some individuals we can talk to, and Faileth mentioned as well that she had heard of it. Yes, it is a bit later in the day. Perhaps by now someone will have heard the letter that I received from A.B. did advise me to look to rumors, so perhaps there are some rumors going around that may assist us in this. Something to consider. Do you have an ear to the ground, as it were? I might have one or two. Um, the lad that we're speaking to this afternoon, I think, will be one of the better sources. But failing that... There's a few inns around town uh, where loose lips go to drink. Ah. Well, and perhaps Melian and Faileth will have turned something up in their discussion with the mothers. The only thing I know for sure, the more I hear about this, the more keen I am to see you fully and properly armed. Yes, indeed, and we won't get the halberd back until... tomorrow. Or tonight, if we if we manage to uh, retrieve the um, the sword quickly enough from Brennigan. All right. Well, that's my case then. As your conversation is sort of coming to a close, uh, you see a set of buildings that are packed closely together in a small alleyway between them. Winding down this back alleyway, you come in behind a residential building, and you note a set of stairs lead down, below street level, to a small wooden door. And above this door, in a flowery script, are a few words that I'm not sure you know. What languages do each of you know? Um, I have... Oh no. I have common, giant, and uh, dwarven. I have uh, common, elven, dwarven, giant, and primordial. Okay. So neither of you know what the words say, but Yovin, you've been told that the words say roots, leaves, and seeds. And underneath them is painted a small squirrel. Out of curiosity, would I know which language it's written in? Uh, you've it, it looks very similar to Elvish, so uh, it's quite possibly either an older form or possibly a more a higher form of it. Uh, you would think that it's Sylvan. Okay. Uh, I'd turn to Corey. You were looking for a herbalist. I think we both had some questions about the unusual request of our friend Blacksmith. 
Excellent. Yes, uh, this will be most helpful. Although I have no reason to suspect Alan, it is, of course, always to be uh, better to be sure what it is that you are about. I'll let you take the front here. Do you have any, um, have you been here before? Is there any, anything that I should be cautious of mentioning? This one, we're going in blind. I'm not the type to dabble in plants. Always been more comfortable on the bricks myself. All right, then. Shall we go in? Uh, Yovan would go and knock. You hear an elderly lady's voice from the inside say, Come in. The door's open. Sounds promising. And I'd open the door. As you push the door open, the interior of the shop is clearly well organized. Hanging from the roof, or the floor above, are bundles of herbs, and along its walls are jars of ingredients and ready-made medicinal tinctures, poultices, and salves. You can see behind a long counter are knives, cutting boards, various measuring cups, mortars, pestles, scales, and other equipment ostensibly used to prepare products from the various herbs and ingredients around the store. As you, just as you open the door, a, like, a wave of scent just assaults your nose. Dried herbs, fresh herbs, all different ones. You can almost feel as if your insides go, <gasps> Oh, this is nice. <laughs> Stepping in, uh, as you look around the store, you note that there are small runways made of wood that look like almost an obstacle course that end by a small house carved of wood up against one wall. As you glance about, you notice an elderly lady in a smock with a broom that appears to be sweeping the floor, uh, catching just a few of the fallen herbs that have come down, or twigs. And she glances over and says, Oh, just go over by the counter. We'll be with you in a moment. Is there particular you're looking for? We seek some information about herbs. Oh, well, then... If you're looking for information, uh, is it on a, a regular herb or something that would require a bit more specialized knowledge? Something a little bit more unusual today. Oh, then I think that I should get the owner. I'll be back in a few moments. And you see her walk over to the small house against the wall. And she knocks on the front door of it. And you hear a sort of... <sighs> darling, darling. Oh, genie, do you need me? And the door opens to a squirrel. A small squirrel walking on hind legs, holding their tail up and around their neck as almost as if it's a scarf or a feather boa steps out you see the elderly lady sort of put out one of her hands and the squirrel steps onto it and the old lady looks down and says well ma'am 
there are some customers here that would like to ask a few questions about some herbs, but not any of the usual kind, so I thought it best to ask you. Oh, darling, darling, of course you can ask me. Let me see what I have here. And the she brings the squirrel over to the counter in front of you. Well, well, out with it. What are you looking for? Well, we seek some information on a few different herbs. Oh, my, aren't you tall? Uh, yes. Yes, I am considered tall by many. Um, the herbs that we seek information on are a skull flower, a blood orchid, um, I believe that is it. Oh my, oh my. Very, very interesting that you would be looking for something like that. Let me ask you. Is Alan asking you to find these? Why would you think that Alan would seek such things? Can't he just wait? For what? The squirrel sort of like throws her hands up. You, you can clearly see that it's she's doing this almost in mock outrage. Well, you see, my name's Gwyneth, and she sort of holds out one of her little tiny furry hands for you to kiss. I do. Oh, you have some good manners. Her eyebrows sort of do a little bounce as she looks at you. <laughs> this is a very flirty squirrel. Mm-hmm. Well, about a week ago, I sent my apprentice into the Darkling Forest. But he hasn't come back yet. And I sent him to go and collect me a skull of flower, which, as Alan bastardized it and got very wrong, it colloquially, in some of the more common circles, is called a skull flower. You see, every 13 years, the plant goes into a hibernatory state and blooms a flower. It's called the skull flower because this plant likes to make its home in the skull, or skulls, of things. It's like a hermit crab, almost. But this flower, very, very nice, very useful. It's expensive, but very rare. And so I sent my apprentice in, Trent. He was meant to go and get me the flower and also identify where the skull of flower was, and therefore where Alan could send someone to go and collect the skull, if they were able to remove it from the plant. Uh, why <sighs> would a person not be able to remove a skull from a plant? She sort of just freezes. It like she's in the middle of cleaning one of her uh, little fingernails. She just sort of looks at you. 
Well, I did say that it only flowers in a hibernatory state. The rest of those the 13 years it spends walking around. I see. Ah. Yes. Well, so what exactly are you looking for in determining what the plant is or information about it? We wanted to know what one would do with such a plant, particularly if combined with the blood orchid. Well, what I can tell you is that a, a skull of flower is particularly utilized in rituals that help to expand the mind, even in divination. Uh, and there are quite a few different cultures in the past that have utilized it in their rituals and in communing with their ancestors or their spirits. Some say that it's just a, just a psychedelic or a psychotropic, but that's... I, it, everything has magic if you can apply the right pressures to it. So, well, the flower would be used like that, the skull itself protects the plant, and the plant, as it feeds and goes through its life, some of that protection and vitality of the plant sort of bleeds into the skull, so I could see it being quite useful for various protective types of magic, or for perhaps forged into a shield or a skull, or a, a skull cap, if you'll pardon my pun. <laughs> I see. And the blood orchid. Oh, the blood orchid, the blood orchid. Quite a tenacious plant. Very quick. Very dangerous. What do you mean, quick? Oh, well, let's just say that it has a tenacity to quickly close distances and can be quite deadly to those caught unaware. It, like the Scola flower, is ambulatory? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You can most likely assume that almost anything Alan's sending you out to find likely can bite back. Unless it's a rock. I see. This is very helpful. Where else do you think his magic gets the power to create things? Hmm. I don't suppose you have any advice on how one might approach such plants without being uh, fertilizer. Well, I do have some information that I could give you like that, but I did send my the field guide that I would give you with my apprentice, who is currently missing. If you perhaps could find him for me, then, and perhaps help him bring back the flower. The field Maybe guide at is that time. also missing. Well, I gave it to him. I see. Sorry, I really now, thought it was a person and not a, like, guide. I thought it was a guide, not a guide. <laughs> <laughs> what I can tell you is that this Scola flower uh, is quite an old one, and it is quite large. So either... Uh, it will either, it will be quite a fight, or perhaps 
if an, a skull that's bigger than the one it currently has is, could be found, it could be coaxed out of the previous skull. Hmm. An interesting proposition. It would be quite ready, I'm sure, to obtain a new home. You don't seem particularly concerned about your apprentice, Trent. Is there not much else dangerous in the woods that might have found him? Well, if there was, I'm sure he would have contacted us by now, but... I'm also sure that that he would be fine in the woods, but I also am slightly concerned. She seems evasive about answering that question. You have not sent anyone to look for them. She sort of just leans back against a bottle, almost knocks it over, and then steadies it and leans back against it again. I'm a talking squirrel. Do you think anyone actually listens to me? The only reason I'm able to have this place is because I get... I usually get someone that's bigger than me to actually do the most of the talking, most of the bartering. I'm just the one that mixes everything here and has all the knowledge. <laughs> and I'm a squirrel. She rolls her eyes. If you're short an ear, I happen to have two. <laughs> <laughs> is there often work like this that you find... You struggle to find people to fill? Oh, most assuredly, but mostly the work that is hard, that I'm most hard-pressed by is finding people that are able to go out and identify and bring back samples or appropriate herbs for me that I can't just buy or send an apprentice out to get. I was even sending Trent out for this is a, a bit of a stretch. I would have liked to have been able to send... Some, someone else a bit more knowledgeable, but my other three apprentices haven't even come back. You have now lost a total of four apprentices. Oh, no, no, they're not lost. Well, one of them's down in the Republic at the moment. Uh, the other is, uh, mm, what city? Uh, they're in the forest near, mm, it's, mm, what's it called? Oh, I don't remember. And one of them's down in the Alliance, up on the northeast, northwestern side of it. Uh, up near one of the city-states, there's a, a large forest that stretches beyond it. It's, the city's between two lakes. I think it starts with an A. And then my third apprentice, uh, he's actually at the university in Lorweir. <sighs> I wish he'd come back. He's been teaching there for four years now. I see. She she looks like she has that, like, thousand-yard stare going on at the moment. Alan did indeed ask us to seek the Skola flower and the blood orchid. If we are going out into the woods anyway, we will, of course, um, look, or rather keep our eyes open for your apprentice, Trent. Are there any herbs that we might um, pick up for you while we are out? I, I'm sure we. Well, could... I'm sure that if you were to, well, I, what I can tell you is that I did send a list of herbs and other things for Trent to pick up with him, so uh, he has the list of everything that I'm looking for, and you seem quite helpful. 
quite nice. So if you do bring my apprentice home, I am sure that I can... I'm sure that we can look at if there are any elixirs, potions, or... She raises one eyebrow. Special services that we might be able to offer you here. What kind of special services do you specialize in? And then suddenly, like a doctor, she starts speaking really fast. Treatment for common disease, treat curing for ordinary wounds, purifying of contaminating wounds, curing paralysis and poisoning, curing supernatural wounds, removing curses, minor cosmetic changes, fixing a supernatural disease, fixing physical defects, restoring a petrified character to normal form, major cosmetic changes, reattaching or cutting off limbs, regrowing lost organs. That sounds most useful. That's a fairly impressive list of services. There are others, but uh, let's say that just finding my apprentice won't be enough to get access to those ones. And then she sort of just saunters and sashays a bit off as she walks back and forth and then looks back at you and goes, Oh, at the moment, are you looking for anything? Any, uh, perhaps, say, potions of healing? Uh, A healer's kit? A herbalist's kit? Uh, many antitoxins or animist elixirs? I had not considered that uh, when we came, but now that I learned that these plants uh, bite back, as you say, I wonder, is there anything you would recommend that we bring with us? Oh, off the top of my head, let me think. She sort of tuts her tongue against her, uh, uh, sort of, like, tuts her tongue and taps one of her small, little, furry fingers against the bottom of her chin. Hmm. Well, if you were going to go after a blood orchid, I would suggest perhaps something that would, uh, protect you from poison or... And something that would help you staunch bleeding. Uh, Let's just say that uh, its wounds quite similar to the way that some blades are made to entice the wound not to close. A blood orchid is also quite interested in exsanguination. I see. What would you recommend for these things? A typical healer's kit uh, will help you at least uh, stabilize and help bandage wounds up so long as you have the time. Uh, But a healing potion would close those wounds quite quickly. uh, And if you were to be poisoned, uh, perhaps an antitoxin? How expensive are such things? Well, for my regular customers, uh, a potion of healing is usually about 50 gold, and an antitoxin would also usually be about 50 gold, but you seem like you are a good bunch, and you are going to go out and find one of my lost apprentices. So I could cut you a deal, and how about, say, uh, 25 gold each? I must say that seems more than fair, and yet it is outside of my meager savings. So I suppose I shall have to pass on your very generous offer. 
Well, my offer... My offer does stand, so... If you do come into some more coin, you, you know where to find me. And I would just love to see a big lug like you come back in here. Well, thank you very much for your kindness and for the information that you have provided. Should we find ourselves in need of your products or services, you shall certainly see us again if we have the money and... Well, one way or the other, if we do find your apprentice Trent, I'm sure that that uh, you'll hear of us. And she sort of looks over at you, Jovan, and says, Anything for you? Oh, not today. Though I will keep your little shop in mind for future endeavors. I'm sure you will come back soon. Jovan keeps a carefully straight face. <laughs> and the two of you leave the shop. Uh, it looked like, uh, she was quite enamored by you. Oh, didn't tell me you had a way with the squirrels? <laughs> well, I can't say that I knew that I had one myself. Discover talents every day. Right. Indeed. Something a little more unusual to add to the shopping list, a jumbo-sized skull to go along with our... I wonder how, how big is a dire stag bear? Reckon a fair size. If we were to kill that first, we could offer its skull. We only need the rack. Seems reasonable. Uh, this uh, little jaunt to the woods is something a little more dangerous every day. Indeed. Every passing minute. But what's life with a little adventure? I'm sure that Melian will be absolutely giddy with the news. He was looking for something to hit. Speaking of which... I imagine that uh, the two of them are likely on their way home. Perhaps we should meet them. Uh, indeed, and if on the way we happen to overhear any rumors, we'll certainly keep our ears open. And with that, the two of you set out to head back towards the house on Sapphire Lane. Well, Faleth. Yes. The busy streets of Waldengate are, at this time of day, quite busy. There's traffic coming into the city from the southern gate. And along the main thoroughfare, you see a door. A large red door. The door appears to be carved into the shape of the mouth of a terrifying monster. And above it is a sign that reads, Hungry Door Tavern. Oh, this looks like the perfect place to find out where the crap I am. I'm going to go in. So as you step in, you find that it is a quite small but cozy common room. It's filled with the scent of pleasant food. And a soft melody plays in the background. Uh, perhaps a three-piece band of some kind. It appears that this the Hungry Door Tavern is a smaller establishment. And a quick cursory look. You deduce that probably 30 patrons could sit here. Faileth is instantly disappointed that there aren't more monster things in here. It is far too ordinary for a door that cool. 
You see uh, that there is a one bartender and a server. Uh, and then there are a couple, there's a smattering of people stash, uh, scattered across the room. Um, it's around lunchtime, so it looks like it's getting a bit of a lunch rush, but it's not full yet. Okay. Uh, she is going to go to the person closest to the door, or whoever that is. So you see a dwarf that's sitting by the door, has a, a cap. He, his cap is off his head, and it's sort of a down next to him on the table. Uh, and his head is bald, and his skin is brown and old and weathered. It looks like he's definitely seen his fair share of work outdoors. Faileth pulls out a chair and plops down next to him and goes, Hello! Can you help me get home, please? As you plop down into the chair, you see his eyes sort of widen. You note that they're a a forest green. And he sort of looks at you and goes, Morgan, help me. Oh, no. I deal well with children. I'm not, I'm not Morgan, I'm Faelith. Hi. Oh. Oh. Can you tell me how to get home, please? Or to the place I'm staying? It's not exactly my home. It's someone else's home. I don't really have a home, but it's my home for now because that's where I'm staying. And Melian is there, and he's going to be very cross with me. So can you tell me how to get back, please? Morgan, have you sent me this poor child? Is I this a test to me? It's, it's not Morgan. It's Faileth. Faileth? Faileth? Not Morgan. Hi. Well. If this truly is a divine message, give me a sign! Um, Faelith casts Minor Illusion. <laughs> and the words, a sign, appear on the table. He's looking up at the ceiling, but as he sort of looks back down, there's this look of dejection as if like his confidence that he'd finally had a calling had been defeated. He sees the words... A sign. Uh, uh, just to check, are they written in common? Are they written... What language are they written in? Uh, yes, they are written in common as if they have been carved into the table. He sort of looks down and he, his eyes widen and he looks at you and says, You. Perhaps you. Perhaps you are the calling. And, and he um, yes. grabs your hands and sort of holds them and goes, You're lost, child. You say that you're lost. Oh, so lost. It's in so many ways. In so many different languages. Can you help me? Can you describe where your home is? Yes. It's Jovan's house. And it's got a bathroom that I found. And a tub out in the back courtyard. Which I also used. You'll notice. I'm very clean. Thank you. Um... And it has two dogs, and they're very sweet. And it's on a street. And there's other houses near it. Um, it might be blue. No, it's not blue. It might be brown. A brown house, maybe? Or white? Possibly red. I didn't remember <laughs> the color exactly. Maybe there's some trim... I do know it's got a door. We went through the door for sure. There's an upstairs and a not upstairs and maybe a basement, but I didn't check that part out. 
Is that helpful? Do you know where I live now? As you're describing it, he starts to look more and more dejected. I was confident that Morgan had sent me a sign. That she did! Look, it's right there. <laughs> See? That, But I don't know if I can do this. I've, I, I, I've never been one to step out of my... Out of, out of my routine. <sighs> Are there any spirits around him? Or can I roll Thrasens, to see if... you... You can do this. And he sort of like... Claps on his cheeks. And, and sort of pulls a bit on his beard. Uh, I can do this. I... I can do this. You can okay. do this! Yes! Yes okay. you can! Now the first thing we're going to do... Is get a drink. Okay. A drink. Yes. Stony, can you can you send a girl over? I'd like I'd like to get a drink. And you see a sort of weathered-looking female gnome that's sitting at one of the uh, stools at the bar. Sort of spins around really quickly, looks, goes, puts a thumb up in the air, really energetically, like you don't know where this energy is coming from she seems just to be radiating energy like she's vibrating and then she just turns spins back and starts saying something really quickly in note mesh to the bartender uh and the serving girl that is just out that it, that was uh picking up some drinks next to the bartender and then the you see a tankard uh, makes its way over to you, uh, or makes its way over to this individual that you have saddled yourself with, and is plopped down in front of him, and uh, the serving girl sort of looks at you and goes, And what will the little lady be having? I'll take whatever he's having. It's a sign from Morgan. She sort of looks at him and goes, What were you getting again? He looks down at it and says, The bony pilsner. You know what? I think I'll get you a spider fruit ale. Does that have bones in it too? I love bones. The marrow's the best part. Does this have marrow in it? <gasps> she just like blanches a bit. She's like, no, no, no. It, it's just a name. Um, uh, I'll, I'll be back in a moment. And you see she comes back and... You're fairly sure that whatever you've been given is severely watered down. Okay. And you see that he quickly guzzles his drink down. Uh, and he looks at you and goes, Okay, so you said that it's a house. And yes. it has an upstairs and a not upstairs. So yes. is that two stories? Well. Three stories? What came in the story? door? Is it a basement? Is it a hovel? It's not a hovel. It might have a basement, but I did not find it. We went in the door, and then I went up the stairs. So there's the up the stairs bit that I went up, and then there's the part that we came in on, which is the not the up the stairs bit. And I didn't get to explore for if there was a down the stairs bit. But there's a courtyard with a bath in it, and dogs. Yes, you said that there were dogs. Two dogs. And they're very cute, and I love them very much, and I miss them a lot. Okay. Hmm. Well, uh, 
Do you know what district it's in? No. Another round! Oh, I do know some districts. I know there's the Noble District and the Edge of Wooden Gate and Old Town and Walden Gate and Westgate and Scargate, but I didn't know which one of those we were in. Ah, okay. What direction did you come from? Um. Another tankard arrives. I came from the little spirit's house. Okay, so it's near another tavern of some kind. No, Perhaps not that kind of... No, no, no. Not not the drinking spirits. Like the guardian spirits? Like the household guardian spirits? Houses? With the, the place with all the elves and all the guardian spirits. Oh, you're from... You're from the neighborhoods where all the elves are living. No, I just walked through that. And that was after we were at the fountain and I got chased away by the lady who thought I was a witch. He sort of is just staring at you. Okay. And where did you come from before then? Jovent House. Do you remember if you saw any distinctive thing. Um, there was a fountain Sasha, and there were lots of ladies. Me, can you give me a um, what type of role do I want? Can you just give me an intelligence check? Why? So sure. D20 plus your intelligence. Oh, let's see. Intelligence. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm middling at that. Let's see. Oh, hey, 19. Okay. So now, while you think back to it, you don't remember anything that really stands out to you until you remember one time that you were looking up, sort of just looking as you were walking towards the house. You remember looking up, and it's strange. You don't remember that you remembered this before. But it was almost as if you thought that there was a tower. Not where the house was, but somewhere nearby in the district. A tower that almost looked like it was half there. Oof! wasn't. I remember now, there's the tower that's only sort of there. He's, his eyes sort of go wide. He goes, Are you talking about you can see the tower. Are you talking about the fractal tower? Um, I didn't know about no fractures, but I did see a tower that was only kind of there, but also kind of not there, if that makes sense. Well, I've, I've lived here for most of my life, but... I, like many others, have only seen the tower a few times. Do you remember where it was? Was it um, to the east of you? Or were you walking to... Were, were you 
walking towards the east when you saw it, or were you walking towards the south when you saw it? I was walking towards the fountain. Huh. I don't know what east and south is unless I have a, like a map and it's got one of those things on it and I can point to the things. Oh. Okay. Well, the fractal towers and frost's folly. Hmm. So. That's a thing I've heard or, of. Or at least that's where people think it is. Is that it's where I live? It's an interesting sign that you've seen. How come? You can only see the tower if the light catches it right. Or if the stars are in auspicious places. It's said, though, that you can always see the shadow of the tower. But no one. No one. No one gets a bird's eye view. <laughs> but it's said that it once was outside of the town. But as the town expanded, became a city, it expanded until it consumed the area where the tower once stood. The tower belonging, originally, to a wizard. Ooh, I like magic. I've met some wizards. They tried to teach well, me their spells, but I guess we are not super compatible, so... Well, well, oh, I, I guess we'll get one more round and then we'll go. Okay! She uh, downs her drinks. Double fisting. He orders another round. Uh, he drinks it straight down. And then he stands up. And the two of you start heading out. Hurrah! Now, can you give me a flat d20? Sure. Uh, with advantage. A five? And, oh, and a four! Okay. So five. Okay. Um. So he seems a bit like he may have had a lot more to drink than uh, before the two of you started talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a bit muddled, but he is leading you uh, in a direction that he says is east. Uh, and what you can see coming up is... Like as you're uh, you're approaching, pretty much it almost looks like the edge of this district, and you, it almost looks like there's a mound of earth in front of you, but it's not. It looks almost like buildings that have been built on top of each other, into a hill, cool. almost an artificial hill, and you see a large, dark tunnel that dimly glows. We'll cool. go through the burrow. We'll go through the burrow. That'll be the quickest way to Frost Folly. Quickest way! Okay! And so you step into this dimly lit, what almost feels like a cave, tunnel. And as you're walking, you note that there are windows and doors. It appears that this is houses and shops, all built into this interlocking mound. Perhaps this is almost to pretend as if it was beneath the earth. Like living in a cave. Oh, I like living in caves. They're and always dry. You see 
a few gnome, gnomish and dwarven children playing here or there, as well as various gnomes and dwarves, uh, a few half-elves, some humans going back and forth doing business. Uh, and most present, though, you note a considerable number of dwarven guards. This place seems very safe. It seems heavily guarded. And as you're continuing, uh, you come to a wide square in the borough, where a statue of an elvish woman stands in the center of it, her hand upraised, and in its center is a large orb that glows softly. The uh, dwarf sort of nudges you and says, She's the harlot. The orb? No, the orb the has sex statue. Oh, the statue. Okay, and sh- the statue has sex with lots of people. He just blankly looks at you. Isn't that what a harlot is? <sighs> he sort of breathes in and breathes out, and then he sort of like puts an arm around your shoulder and sort of like turns you a bit so that you're looking at her. Uh, from a specific angle, and you see that the way she's sort of leaning forward is similar to the way that uh, a harlot in artwork or such is usually seen, like, propositioning for coin. It's like, doesn't she look like one? I mean, doesn't she look like a prostitute? I mean, I suppose so. She's got nice breasts. As this is going on, uh, you see a dwarf in armor start walking towards you who looks like he has a bit of a concerned and confused expression. Hello. I'm looking at your prostitute statue. Didn't I tell you to run along home? I tried and I got lost and I found him and he's gonna help me get there. But don't you need to be... What happened to your clothes? Um... I washed them? I'm clean! Look, I had a bath and everything! This guard looks like he is very confused. Almost as if he's seen a duplicate of you. I wonder how that could have happened. Well, miss, you shouldn't be out and about. As I I already said, you need to be getting along home to your family. It's safe here, but not out in the rest of the city. When did you say that? Not but a few minutes ago, even, maybe. Oh, I think you're Less thinking about someone else. Cause, no, I've been in, uh, I've been in the hungry tavern. Do you have a twin sister? No. Oh, maybe. What do you mean by maybe? You well, can see that he looks concerned, and now is looking suspicious. Right. Well. Sometimes she looks like me, you see. Sometimes. Yeah, and then sometimes they look like themselves. Hi, I'm Faileth. He lets out a very big breath. Are you alright? This is very concerning. Oh, it shouldn't be. So you're saying there's someone that disguises themselves as a little girl that looks like you? Oh, not very often, though. I I think that I should take you in for questioning. 
But uh, but um, why? I didn't do anything. Because I just got lost. Oh, is this about that lady that thought I was a witch because I made the bush? Because all I was doing was to hide because she was trying to touch me and I really didn't like it when people touch me. He looks even more concerned. Miss, where are your parents? Um, I look around. Is my mother here? Uh, yes, she is. She's sort of floating a bit off to the side. Her head is in her hand. Like, she has, you know, that look, like, when the hand, when you, some, like, three of your fingers are on your temple and your uh, <laughs> thumb is, like, just between your jaw, uh, like, the lower jaw and your skull, and it's just kneading, just, just kneading into your temple. Oh, yeah. Well, my father, I actually didn't know who my father is, but my mother's over there. And I point to the nothing. Uh, can you give me a D20 to see if there is someone standing further away in that direction? Who that isn't a dwarf. Isn't a dwarf. Or a gnome? Yeah. Oh, it's a net one! So you are pointing at a rather rotund gnomish man like you are pointing directly at this individual because of course I am young miss yes that is Ditlev Price he is most certainly not your mother I wasn't talking about him how silly do you think I am I'm talking about me ma'am you probably can't see her though because she's a ghost Miss, I think for your safety, I should take you into custody. And... Oh, no, I don't think so. This man has is, is got a sign from Morgan and he's taking me home. To the, to the disappearing tower. What is she talking about? And you know, the one... looks at the, uh, do- the dwarf, the other dwarf. And the other dwarf is like, mm, Well, you see, she... I was drinking, and then she just sat down next to me, and I have been in a sort of a rut lately, and I've been just going in circles, felt like I've been spinning, spinning in circles, and I thought this was maybe a sign, and so I asked Morgan if it was a sign, and then suddenly it it was very clear that it was a sign, and she said that she needed to get home to uh, her to a house that she was very bad at describing, but then she was able to say that she'd seen the fractal tower nearby. And the dwarven guard is just sort of nodding his head slowly and slowly, and you can sort of see him easing his way down, like his hand down onto his baton a bit. Okay. So, miss, you are saying that you speak to ghosts. Yes. That your ghost mother is here. Yes. And that there is that you are part of a conspiracy which has the ability to change its shape to match yours. No. That one doesn't sound right. Can you give me a persuasion check? Sure. Uh, fifteen plus. My persuasion. Oh, it's so good. It's plus five. Uh, 20. 
He looks like he is very, like, hmm. What do I do? This child is delusional, maybe, or dangerous. You can almost feel like you can see these thoughts flutter, flitting past him through his mind until you realize that he's actually mumbling them out loud. Um, <laughs> Does he uh, have any spirits around him, or can I roll to see if he's got someone that could uh, give me a tidbit about him or something like that? Sure. Uh how do you want to do this? We should probably establish that, since that's a thing that I'm going to probably do quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What do you think would be fair? Uh, is it a performance thing, since it's one of my bard skills, even if we're not using it in combat, or would you rather have it be something else? I I can see it being performance, because it's almost like you're doing a perf- you're doing a performance to pull the spirit in. To yeah. get that knowledge. Yeah. Let's see. 13 plus 7. Another 20. While he's sort of mumbling, you start slowly easing your sense out. And you can see your mother sort of just like she stops. And she starts looking like she's get about to get territorial. And a few spirits that seem to be hanging around this guy uh, that were really faint before sort of come into a bit of a clearer focus. And you see the spirit of a younger dwarven male. Uh, It looks like another guard that sort of just is hanging there. I say, if you didn't believe me, I can show you. And I turn my eyes to the guard and says, hello, what's your name? You can see me? Yeah, of course I can. My name is Thumble. I turn back to the alive guard. I say, is Thumble someone important to you? He sort of looks taken aback. Like uh, like he hasn't heard that name in quite a while. I did know a Thumble. Is there anything you'd like me to tell him? Or something you'd like me to ask him? Or a question that only he would know the answer to? Uh-uh. I, he sort of is like, looks like he's torn with indecision. He doesn't know if he should believe you or not about what's going on. I look uh, back and at then, Thumble. Uh, Thumble looks at you and goes, he's always blamed himself. He's always blamed himself for why I died. I was just a dumb kid. He shouldn't blame himself. Thumble says... He did the right thing. That you did the right thing? That you shouldn't have blamed yourself? He was just a dumb kid, and it's not your fault he died. Tell him, if he hadn't saved those children, it would have been for nothing. He says, if you hadn't saved those children, it would have all been for nothing. And that he's a dick for not pouring out some of his drink for me. Also, he says you're a dick, because you don't pour something out for him every time you have a drink. Which is quite rude, you know. The, The dwarf's eyes go wide. The other dwarf sort of looks at you looks at him and goes, shame on you. It's really bad manners. And he's like, ah, ah, um, ah, ah, I'll be on my way. Okay. And he turns around and starts marching off. Uh, and Thumble, sort of as the other dwarf walks away, uh, starts to get sh- uh, 
shiver a bit and get weaker and weaker. And then and you see him mouth the words to you. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope that helps you find peace. And he sort of fades away. Right. The dwarf from the Hungry Door Tavern looks at you. You you really have been sent by Morgan. Um, <sighs> yes, you have. Now, let's go off maybe. and let's find your home. Yay! This way. Okay. And the two of you begin to head off. And you start to head into the winding streets of Frost's Folly. And can I now have a D20 roll from the from Melian, Yovan, and Kawari? Uh, 14. Also a 14. Hmm. Just flat? Yeah. Eight. Okay. We will switch over to Melian. Uh, Melian, you arrive just outside the house as, and you wait there for a few minutes uh, before you see Kuari and Yovan coming down the street. Faileth has not arrived yet. Um, Melian will sort of duck behind the laundry basket and resume his usual form of a red-headed half-elven man. Um, and then, um, in an attempt to sort of calm himself, um, but he's he's doing the fast paces back and forth, like, okay, like let's go, while they arrive. Quarry and Yovan, as you approach, you see Melian with a um, wait, like a, a laundry basket, sort of pacing back and forth outside the front of the house. But you don't see Faileth. Is something amiss? We had a bit of a run-in with a. A woman at the fountain, and though I gathered some information, she had to make a. Faileth was forced to make a quick exit. I told her to meet me here. Was she? I don't in, see her. In danger? Pursued? No, not pursued. But she is likely in the city alone. It did not occur to me that Faileth is not one for paying attention to where she is going. Hmm. Uh, how long ago was this? Uh, less than an hour ago. Oh, well, then she's definitely still in the city. Okay. Like, I would say I mean, it's probably within the last hour, hour and a half, maybe. She would know not to leave the city. Unless there is a gate that does not look like a gate, in which case... <sighs> not to alarm you, but she may not have had a say in the matter. <laughs> If you think Faileth will have let someone touch her without her permission, without raising some sort of ruckus, uh, you have another think coming, sir. Well, that's reassuring in a way. In which direction did you see her head from the fountain? Away. I see. I had some delicate finagling to do myself before I was able to exit. I understand. And you haven't either of you seen her? I'm afraid not. No. I haven't passed by her. Hmm. She has a, a, a way for spirits. She's distracted by them, enamored by them, yes? Indeed. Bit of a shot, but there is a place in the city that is famously staffed by them. Oh. It's a likely a place to start as any. Indeed. But if she finds her way back here, we need to find a, some way to know. I could remain. All right. The place that we're going to here. Um, what's the ghosty tavern again, Cass? Help me out here. 
I have uh, some... the Mac Gale Spirit Bar. The Mac Gale Spirit Bar. Um, right. I will give Corey um, brief directions to the Mac Bay Spirit Bar. Um, just a general indication of which route we'll be taking and how long we expect to be. And then I will nod off to Melian. Uh, is there anywhere else that you would have think should have gone? Perhaps uh, to the tavern where I first met you. Unfortunately, the child does not have a way with directions, nor do I think she is one to remember where she has been. Uh, she spent too much time in the wild. This is my fault. I'm. You both have my apologies. I had one job, and I have already failed it. Uh, not failed yet. We're halfway through it. Do not be overly hard on yourself. You did what you could in the moment. So as Melian starts to descend a bit into despair, uh, Faileth, you and your companion are on a very familiar street, and you can see your three companions up the street from you. Oh, look! It's Melian! And Quarry and, um, um, the, the one with the Y. Melian! Hi, I'm back! Look, I found it! I found a friend and he helped me find it! Melian will do that uh, dog thing where uh, when their owner arrives, he, he'll like dash part of the way and then stop and then like do the, those are strangers. Uh, and then his hands will like drift down to where his weapons are. And then he'll just sort of like narrow his eyes and then cross his arms and just look very stern. <laughs> I uh, rush over to Melian and give him a hug and uh, then look back at my dwarf friend and like kind of try to convince him to come over here. I didn't ask your name. That's so rude of me. Who? What's your name? Thrussans. This is Thrusthands, um, and he helped me find it. I'm a gift from uh, from Mor from Morden. Morgan. Morgan. Yes, I was a sign. Um, Cass, how much does the dwarf smell like booze? Oh, like like he could be a distillery. In which case, Melian will step forward to like offer him a hand to shake because he is genuinely very grateful. And he'll do his very best not to um, show that his poor nasal passages are being assaulted by this awful, awful alcohol smell. And he's like, you have my thanks, thrust hands. Thrust hands. But it, it was a That's pleasure to help. It is a pleasure. This poor child has clearly been sent by Morgan. A sign sent to this city. I witnessed her help a guardsman tackle a spirit from his past. Oh, she is truly, truly a sign. And uh, blessed, she has seen the fractal spire. Yeah, it's just over there, right? Uh, recognizing that this guy is clearly an insane person, um, uh, and now surprised that he's managed to help Faileth even as much as he has. Uh, Melian is like, uh, yes, friend, uh, that is a much more charitable reaction than she gets from most. And then he pulls out uh, ten gold and he's like, here, take this. Your next several drinks are on me uh, as a blessing from uh, Morrigan. Thank you. Thank you. I will see you again, young lady. I will oh, see gently. you again. I shall tell them of Faileth. The one sent by Morgan. Okay. And, and, and he drinks. turns and starts stumbling away. <laughs> Bye, uh, breast hands. Melian rounds on Faileth. Did you say more 
drinks? Yeah, he gave me a drink, but he would, but the bartender wouldn't let me have the one with bones in it. I even told her bones were my favorite. So, while I told you to make your way back to the house, you decided it would be a good idea to stop at a tavern? No. So, I left, and then I was lost, and I could not remember where we live. So, I went, and I looked around, and I found some spirits, and I talked to one. Oh, I have to tell you, it's so sad, but I'll tell you after, because it's... First, I'm going to make you, like, feel super convinced that I did a good thing. Because then I was very lost, and I couldn't find any ghost to talk to. So, I went, and I found a living person. And I talked to him, and I told him where I live, and he brought me here. A living person! Help me! And I talked to him. And then we talked to a guard, and I helped him talk about his dead friend, and I didn't get lost anymore because we came here, and I I described the house, the upstairs part, and the not upstairs part, and the bathtub. So really, you should be very proud of me, because I made it back. Uh, Melian's eyes have narrowed somewhat, but he says to Faelith, uh, you are right, I suppose. I should be proud of you for speaking to a living person, even if he was a drunkard and a fool. Oh, no, he was very nice. He was the first person I found. I have to admit, though, I tricked him a little, and I wrote the words, a sign on the table, so that he'd take me home. <sighs> of course you did. I didn't want to be lost. Did you say that you could not find a ghost to speak to you? Well, I found a couple, but none of them were very helpful. Including the one that you always have accompanying you? Famous? Mother wouldn't have let me come back. She was really mad. I don't think she likes you, Melian, remember? <clears throat> Tell your mother that if she wants you to live to fulfill whatever purpose it is that she has for you, she'll need to help me out here. Well, she can hear you. I, at which point, Melian will just, again, as he's done countless times before, sort of glower at the air around you. Is she here? The air is just glowering back. Yeah, she's pissed. Oh, but let me tell you, Quarry, this is important. Um, um, Yovin! Oh, I remembered. Okay, so I need to tell you something that I found. It's very important. Uh, I met a spirit. It's a chicken frog. His name is Mulgabeth. He's very nice. And I was talking to him, and his girl disappeared. The girl he's supposed to be protecting. And her name is Rodal. She disappeared about six moons ago. And get this, he can sense her, so she's still alive. But he cannot teleport to her, which means she's pretty far away. Also, he saw what took her. Guess what it was? Uh, has Jovan's undivided attention? A necromancer. No. It was nothing. What? It was a figure that was nothing. That was blank. The absence of something rather than the presence. Isn't that cool? That'll make our jobs a little more difficult. Cass? Yes? Do I, is there anything that I know about something like that connected with the necromancy? Uh, can you give me a religion check? Yes, I certainly can. My goodness, my rolls have been so high tonight. Unbelievable. That's a ten. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that you actually were like saying your rolls had been high, and I was like, uh, what? 
Have you been playing the same game? Because I don't remember your roles being that good. Your roles have kind of sucked. So, it's possible. You're not sure necessarily the exact meaning of what nothingness means here, but if, say, nothingness meant darkness, what you already know about creatures called shadows, perhaps if it was an incorporeal darkness, maybe that would be being described as a nothingness? Hmm... So that, and it could be a shadow, but you know that shadows, they're consummate predators. Mm -hmm. They hide within the shadows of places and objects, even people. And while they are attracted to goodness, to those whose perhaps darkest desires are suppressed most deeply, the shadow comes to them to kill them. Because right. the brighter a light, the darker a shadow it will cast. So, kidnapping? doesn't sound right. Perhaps this could be another kind of ghost, but nothingness? Nothingness doesn't sound right. Um. And when I say another kind of ghost, I mean another kind of incorporeal undead. So perhaps it is like a specter or a wraith, but nothingness just doesn't sound. The behavior's inconsistent with anything that I can think of that fits the nothingness description. Yeah. Okay. Um... Then Quarry will say, While the description may fit various kinds of undead, uh, specters, wraiths, the behavior is inconsistent with such a being. Would a ghost perceive a soulless one as being empty? Hmm, that is an excellent question. Well, it's not really a ghost. It's a guardian spirit. It's different. It's not... It was never a person. It was never alive. They are connected to the family or to the house or to some sort of object uh, that's in, like an heirloom or something, and they protect the family. They're the guardians. So they're not the same as a normal ghost. And they can usually sense, like, they can sense their family, and, and often if they have a strong connection, they can can get to them. And and so she, this, uh, Mogadin can uh, can sense his girl, but he can't get to her. But if a necromancer had sent some sort of undead, such as a skeleton in cloak, or a zombie, or something else without a soul, would the guardian spirit thing perhaps not have perceived it as an empty vessel? Would I know anything about that? Give me... In this case, rather than a religion check, give me an arcana roll. Okie dokie. <laughs> arcana. I'm okay with that. Where's my dice? Melian doesn't know very much about necromancers, except that they make zombies and skeletons. So he's like, it's probably a zombie or skeleton, guys. <laughs> Seems reasonable. Checks out. So, also another 20. So this is my third 20 in a row. Not rolling a 20, but like, it's a, it's a dirty 20. I can take screenshots. <laughs> I trust you. It's a 17 plus 3. Okay. Your understanding of a guardian spirit is that a guardian spirit is, in a way, it's like they've taken the emotional impressions of a place, an entire family, of a whole bunch of people, even, and they sort of compress that together and create it into a being with magic. So it is a creature of pure magic. So 
it should be while still being made of soul stuff. Hence why you're able to interact with it as you can. So the way that it sort of interacts with the world is it interacts by the spark of magic that's inside everyone. Every living being has some magic that was placed there by the gods. It's the magic that keeps them living, keeps them going, which is very similar to the soul. It's not exactly the soul. Your understanding is that the guardian spirit more interacts with that than the direct soul of an individual. But a skeleton or a zombie, they're being animated by some magic. So even though they don't have a soul, they should still have trace amounts of magic. Say a skeleton has a whole bunch of has magic coursing throughout it uh, that is very intricate because it's moving all the little pieces of bones. And a zombie has magic that is woven in a different way so that it can still move while maintaining the muscle structure. Right. So both of them should still have had, say, a form built out of magic, which you think that the guardian spirit would have been able to see. And depending on how powerful the spirit, it might have even been able to attack or defend against. This, maybe it didn't have any magic at all. So... The thing with guardian spirits, Melly, spirits. The thing with guardian spirits, Melian, is that they don't see souls the way that we think of them. They they see magic, I suppose, is the easiest way to see it, to say it, because all of us have a little spark of magic inside of us. From and um, so, even like a skeleton or a zombie or something, those are animated by magic, so they'd see those. And they could even maybe attack them if they were able to. So the fact that this spirit couldn't see anything, it probably means whatever it was, it's not just not magic, but it's almost the absence of magic. Well, perhaps, and you have a look over the quarry, it's something that has somehow masked, masked its magic, hidden it. Aye. Something like that. An interesting idea. Actually, uh, Cass, would I know of any um, creatures or specific types of enchantments that would hide someone's magic that way? Uh, given your background, let me think. Give me an arcana check. Yeah, for sure. Just a moment here. Uh, so that is a 19 plus 3. 22. You've definitely heard of the there are probably spells out there that could mask your magic. Um, there are spells, at least, that can let you make it look like the magic of an object isn't there. So it's quite possible that there are spells that would make it so you could make it look like an individual didn't have magic. Creature-wise, everything has magic. It, there is actually a very dangerous phenomenon that sometimes happens in which... A region of the world, or uh, localized areas, can, due to, you don't know why really, perhaps the wrath of the gods, begin to lose the magic that's in them, and it is almost as if all life there begins to start to cease. Sentient life quite quickly leaves the region, or dies. So if this is something that, that you don't know of any natural creatures, that have no magic at all. I can say with some confidence, whatever it was, it was unnatural. 
perhaps if not a some form of undead then a, a golem uh, is enchanted or a golem would have magic that's how they move i can't mm. think of anything that moves without magic of some kind nor can i it's i hadn't really thought about it before but now it's really giving me the heebie-jeebies you said the spirit could sense the child or at least knew that it was alive yeah oh i the the spirit can sense him she's not dead but it cannot get to her so wherever she is she's far would that put her outside the city famous well i cannot see for certain just because i didn't know how powerful the spirit is some of them can go a long ways but uh, the smaller ones cannot go all that far but it's not an exact number if whatever it is is capable of hiding its magic i'm sure that it could ward the area it occupied to prevent yeah possibly hmm. is there any way we could have the creature accompany us i didn't think it can leave its house but we could maybe try to find it again. I will warn you, I do not remember where I saw it. <laughs> but there were lots of elves. Oh. Right. You know that along the edges of Waldengate, particularly the edge of Waldengate and Old Town, there are quite a few communities that have elves there. Or neighborhoods, not communities. If I were to get you close, would you be able to recognize it again? Maybe. Uh, that's, that's as good as anything else. Solid maybe. Oh, that's more than I was expecting to learn. Cass? Yep? To what extent does non-magical machinery exist in this world? Uh, not... Uh, how would I put this? Uh, not extensively to that you know of, at okay. least. Like, I assume when you say non-magical machinery, you're meaning, like, a pulley system. Or... There are like things like that that are common, um, like pulley systems, things that are used for construction. Yeah, uh, I imagine they such have like, like that. basic things like mine carts, like nothing that could move on its own. Like I assume they have developed tools like like pulleys and mine carts and mm -hmm. I don't know stoves or whatever, but not anything like I built a steam powered robot that has does not use magic. People make golems instead. That, okay, I just, yeah. That's what I thought. Well, I admit I was rather hoping that this whole unfortunate business was the work of flesh and blood humans. It'd be much easier to deal with. But after dealing with something supernatural or unnatural. It is not to say that there isn't a flesh and blood sentient being behind it. Although it is much less morally ambiguous to put your fist through a zombie's face. Yes. Melian, it's not a zombie. Speaking of things which is morally acceptable to put your fist through, um, boy, do Corey and I have some excellent news. Perhaps we could someone. discuss it on the way to... Oh no, I am most remiss. Before we proceed with anything, I must ask, do Yovin! I... You hear a male voice call from a bit down the street. Do you continue talking? Um... Yes, Quarry is quite earnest, so I think that they probably would continue on with what they were saying, because they're addressing it to Melian and Faileth anyway, so Quarry would continue. Did you learn where the most recent disappearance happened? Uh, yes. 
I believe so. Was it Alice Ducalion, uh, who disappeared from Northmaker's March, uh, apparently taken straight out of her bed? Because I thought that seeing as the disappearance only happened last night, that we could perhaps proceed to the site of the disappearance to see if there is anything there that we can observe before the traces are removed, worn away, washed away, whatever the case may be, and that perhaps we could question people while the incident is still fresh in their minds. Perhaps, but I again feel it necessary to warn you that in such a state, people tend to react poorly to strangers poking their noses into their business. So be very careful about how you approach this. Melian, as you're saying that, you start to think back and you realize that you may have gotten the details mixed up. Oh, excellent. You uh, remember that Alice Ducalion, who did disappear from Old Town near Northsmaker's March from her bed, uh, disappeared about nine moons ago. No. Uh, the, she was the what, first. You, yeah, she was the first. Uh, or at least right. the first reported. Mirabelle's the missing one, and her mom, Tatiana. Is that the... I have two sets of notes Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool, I just... Apparently I put first in the wrong place on these notes. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Melian will finish delivering his warning and then go, Wait. No, Alice Ducalion was the first to disappear. The most recent was uh, a little girl named Mirabelle. Uh, and her mother, Tatiana, is the one who... We heard rumors of. I see. Uh, I I do understand your concerns, and if you think it would be better that I go alone, I am certainly willing to do that, but I do feel strongly that we must gather the information that we can while it is fresh. Well, if we are all going to go, let me gather my weapons from the house. I feel a bit naked with just this, these two hand axes. Of course. Malian, did you pretend to be me earlier? Uh... Perhaps? I ran into the guard that you talked to. He was very confused. Yes, I suppose he would be. But it's okay, because I helped him talk to his dead friend. Kawari's looking a little disbelievingly at Melian, thinking, wow, how could you, even with disguise, look like Vela? But doesn't uh, say anything. <laughs> and uh, Melian will quite decidedly ignore any puzzled glances he gets. <laughs> Man, I've been expecting you all day. You took your time. Expecting me all day? You only sent your message a few hours ago. Oh, has it only been that long? Feels like longer. Come on inside. I've got some folks to you introduce you to. You just couldn't... Just couldn't wait. You just had to miss me. Uh, a sort of foppish-looking young man with uh, lanky uh, brown hair and... Uh, bit of sort of like knobby knees uh, in clothes that look like they're a bit too big for him and like he's expected to grow into them but perhaps has stopped growing is sort of like sauntering up the street uh, and he has a bundle of what look like uh, sheaves of parchment under his one of his uh, arms well introduce me to your friends hey. oh, man, are these the ones that we've been waiting for the one and the same. Or at least I'm confident they are. The old friend that I mentioned. I was not the one I was expecting. It's uh, Cory here, an old paladin from the days back in the monastery. I believe I mentioned mentioned that place in passing. 
And these two, these are new ones. This is Melian and his ward, Faileth. I'm a what? You're my ward. Faileth. Is that right? Is that what I am? That's the best word I have. It means that I take care of you. Okay. I didn't know. That's cool. I'm a protective sigil. <laughs> <laughs> Adorable. So good. And it's actually about these two that I was hoping to ask you about first. Though there's a long list of questions I have for you. You're going to make your pay in again tonight. Well, that's good. Oh, I could use a few coin, a few extra coins. Okay. And you guys say, come into the house. The uh, dogs, they look like they're curled up over by the fire. Uh, one of them raises his head, looks, and sort of sees Faileth, and his, his tail starts thumping. <gasps> Who's a good doggy? Who's a good doggy? Who wants it's... to snuggle with me? Uh, and and he sort of gets up and stretches, and you know when he pushes his legs forward and his tongue comes out and just curls as he yawns and then starts to drag himself forward, but his back legs don't move, so they stretch out, and then he sort of saunters over to you and pushes his head into your hand for head scratches. I oblige. And with that, uh, you... I'll make your way back to the uh, table in the kitchen, and Marin is staring at the door that wasn't there before. The house did it again. It did. We're not going to talk about that, Marin. It's not the business we're here for today. <laughs> what, what did the house do? Uh, settled. Well, you pay me, oh. so don't have to worry about it. That's a personal mystery of my own, that I will settle in my own good time. First off, you've been uh, keeping your ears to the streets as you have been recently? As I do always. First thing I gotta know, we may have caused a bit of a ruckus up in the port docks. <laughs> yeah, you did. How far is the news of that spread? Well, I heard about it a bit after lunch this oh, morning. Oh, just a few. Good. Spreads well, quickly enough. just a enough. few hours. It's probably already spread. But, uh, seems more like it's being told as a, uh, cautionary or uh, embarrassing story for Henrik. I think some people are maybe using it to move in a bit on his territory. Uh, you won't catch me crying any tears over it. The only thing that has my attention, though, is how closely do they name their assailants? How detailed are the descriptions? Well, they're... I guess it could be confused with any other paladin that's very tall and works for Sol. And of course there's abundance of them. Really, the paladin of Sol is the only one that's talked about mostly, but I did hear your name mentioned directly. Ah, I should have used another. Uh, I have to get back into my old habits quicker than that. Alright then, oh, thank you for that. Um, more directly then, a few more questions. Uh, actually, I should do a proper introduction to you. You know who these three are. These three. This is Maron. He's uh, been doing odd jobs for me around town. When I moved in and I got my letter, it became abundantly clear that I would need a local. This city has secrets buried deep. And this lot has been a wealth, an absolute font of information. And... Feel free to pick his brain on my dime. He's worth every penny. 
A pleasure to meet you, Marin. The pleasure is mine. I'm getting paid for it. Melian sort of offers his hand. To... Marin shakes it. He does not have a strong hand shake. In which case, uh, Melian gives him also a light, just sort of cradles his hand and moves it up and down a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so I admit there was bits of the city that I didn't inquire too deeply about, having tried to leave that behind me. But it has come to our attention that it might have something to do with the missing lives and lasses of the city. The criminal element... Specifically, the uh, crabs and the slugs. We may need to be dealing with them soon. I was wondering what you could tell us about them. Well, uh, let's just say they've been dealt a bit of a blow recently. Maybe a blow. about a week back. Uh, there was a bit of a turf war going on between the two of them, and it's said that, uh, well, it's a rumor. I haven't been able to verify it, so take this at least with a... Uh, a big chunk of salt, but apparently the crabs and the slugs were in the in a bit of a war, having a bit of a fight down in the docks, and it was down by the uh, old uh, by the old penner shops so where uh, Quent has moved in, and someone got caught in the middle, and when they got caught in the middle, the crabs and the slugs, well, they became mulch. Any information as to who this third party might have been? Well, that's it. The, uh, beggars in that area, one of them said that, uh, it was just like a a man, or a figure, someone in a cloak, was just walking down the street and didn't even seem to care. Sort of moved around them as some of the blows were going back and forth, and but a dagger got too close, clipped the edge of the, uh, cloak, and before the dagger even hit the ground, any of them that were around are just broken bones and crushed skulls. Someone said that it actually might have been Quent himself. But I, merchant. I find that hard to believe. He's meant to just be a merchant. Secretive as he is. That's a concerning connection. I don't suppose also in that area, you would have heard anything about a, uh, a ship Comes under light of cover of darkness every new moon. No, can't say I've heard anything about that. Oh, good. You're about to become the expert on it. We have a location and a time, and I'd like to have you spend what time you have up near that area, that region. We have a strong feeling that perhaps some of the kids might be scooped off onto that very same vessel. Huh. You're getting involved with the kids, you say? So that's what you were looking, that's what you were shaking up Henrik for? Seeing if he smuggled them out? That was a thought, yeah. Hmm. It's not what I thought I'd be doing this time yesterday, but... The tides turn strange ways. Certainly do. Where and when? Uh, the boat? Yeah. Light of the new moon, and it's by... uh, Insert the location that Henrik provided for us for the, the boat. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, down by the warehouses? Yeah, I have it in my note that um, Cass will elaborate later, which I believe means that you gave us a rough yeah. hand wavy explanation. Yeah, so uh, down in Dockside, down right on the uh, uh, Darkling River, 
Uh, there are a couple warehouses that actually are built out over top of some of the docks, and then there are also warehouses that are on that are firmly on the land. And the boat apparently comes up behind one of the warehouses that is actually out on top of the water, like uh, on a uh, stilts or pier of some kind. I would relay that information to the apprentice. And one last thing, while it's still on my mind. We might be in the market for a skull. A big one. Bigger the better. I don't suppose you know of any merchants that might have something like that among their wares. Uh, no? <laughs> uh, you uh. could always check the auction house. And there's always rumors of large skeletons being uh, unearthed. Uh, oh, who is it? Which, uh, which noble? Uh, one of the nobles. Uh, which one was it? Lord Buchanan. Uh, no, no, uh, not Buchanan. Uh, uh, was it, was it Gessa? Was it Lady Gessa? I think it was. Uh, let me, let me, let me look through here. And he sort of, uh, glances, he, he pulls up, he pulls out a small little book that he just sort of, like, flips through. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Lady Gessa. Uh, she's been... Recently, uh, is putting a whole a lot more of her money into archaeological interests in the area. I heard that she was funding an excavation of some kind uh, up near the Tenorian Abbey. So uh, maybe them, maybe uh, maybe some of their archaeologists may have found something, or <sighs> maybe you'll. Might find one in, uh, in the forest. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I can keep my ear out. That's all I can ask you, lad. Alright, where was... Is there anything else? I uh, turn up to, to Marion and to Quarry. Indeed, yes. I don't know how much you know about the disappearances of the children, but I am looking for... The home of Mirabelle. Her mother's name is Tatiana. She went missing last night. And the father is dead. Yes, that's right. Oh no, one you went... didn't tell me that. No. <laughs> Sorry. One went missing last night. Yes. Uh, I I haven't even heard that yet. Sorry, the the names don't sound familiar. Dwemer Hollow is the big t big. It is, it's a larger city. Uh, it's big enough that we don't know all of our neighbors. Um, do you know what district they at least lived in? Quarry will turn to Melian and say, Is there any more information you could provide about the location or the family? No, unfortunately, before I was able to extract any more information, we had a run-in with the guard. You mentioned the father was dead. Has he been dead long? Ah... Uh seem to remember the woman to whom I spoke said that he had been dead maybe a matter of months uh, but it is uh, the escape from the guard has fogged my memory somewhat hmm. perhaps it might be worth taking a stop by the graveyards if, Faileth, if we can find the grave then Faileth might be able to speak to the man himself as uh, as Jovan says that uh, you do remember that the woman after she said that the husband had 
died or disappeared, uh, that she'd snidely said, and his body was never found. Right. I remember that snide comment. Uh, so yeah, I relay that. Uh, I do seem to remember, recall the woman having a certain satisfaction that the man's body was never found, so that may not be... She, he may not be in the graveyard. Though, Cast, did remind me, did she say that he worked at the docks? Um, if I remember correct, she said that he was a woodworker. Ah, okay, well then I wouldn't... I don't know why I thought docks then. <laughs> uh, though, uh... You think that, well, because you're saying that Melian has a bit of a foggy memory about this, mm -hmm. um, you think that she was, how the woman was talking about it, was almost as if the house of Mirabelle and, or the house of Tatiana was somewhere nearby, was nearby. where you were at that yeah. time. My, so Melian will say, like, well, I, I do not believe that I re recall the exact location the impression I got was that it was near the square where we spoke with her. Uh, but, however, if we intend to go back there and do some more investigation, we'll need to do a better job of disguising Faileth. Why? I was perfectly fine until she freaked out about the bush. The bush? The bush? She wanted to touch me, see, so I made a bush. And she didn't like it. As one does. I Warriors can see that might be... mildly puzzled. Uh, well, or, Faileth, if we return if we return to the square I, I may have in, insinuated to the local guard that you were a mute No, I talked to him, remember? N I told no. you that I met the guy that you talked to Wrong, I helped him... wrong, wrong guard I meant the one in the square not the one oh, in the Oh, you Gordon. met two! Okay, um I guess I can try not talking, sure Marin is sort of looking back and forth between you guys, like, and then looking at Jovan. Jovan just shrugs and shakes his head. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps we send the. Pardon me, Jovan. Is he your page? An associate. Well, perhaps we send the associate to the square to make more inquiries as to where the house of Tatiana is. If you can bring us information about Tatiana, oh. By hmm, two bells tomorrow, I'll make it worth your while. I got a few loose coins. I figure could be passing hands. I was hoping that we would find it today while the uh, evidence is still fresh. Oh. Well, I'm happy to take you back to the square. Excellent. I I would appreciate that. Perhaps we leave Faileth in Yovan's care. Ah, Un yes. Unless we all go together. I get quiet. Look at how quiet I'm being. We do have one other thing that could be done uh, today. I don't think that we had time to mention it to you, Melian and Faileth. We learned some interesting things from Alan uh, that make me think perhaps it is possible that there is some connection between Quent and the weapons and the missing children. Because the children disappear when the boat comes, and Jasper has his warehouse at the dock near where the boat docks. And we learned from 
Alan that the only member of the council who has resisted the inroads of this merchant Quent is Lord Buchanan. And Lord Buchanan is the only noble whose child has gone missing. As you walk, as you verbally walk us through all these connections, Melian's eyes just sort of get wider and blanker. And by the time you're done, he's just like, uh, Paladin, if you say that there's some connection, I trust you. Well, it is hard to say, for it is far too early and we do not yet have enough information, but I think that it would be wise of us to keep an open mind and be aware that such a connection is not outside the realm of possibility. Is Quent the merchant who has supplied the full town guard? Yes. Is this uh, mission likely to put us in opposition of the full town guard? Uh, we do not yet have enough information to make such a determination. I think that would depend on how desirous the town guard was of attaining weapons from Jasper Quent, and uh, to what extent it was solely the wish of the city council. Ah, Melian has a slightly disappointed look on his face. With no disrespectment, I think that young Faelith's antics might be quicker to put us in opposition to the guard than any sort of investigation into the, the merchant. But look how quiet I was being! I was like I wasn't even here! <laughs> like I was muted somehow! <laughs> yes, well done, Faelith. Look there, I did it again! All that to say, when we spoke with Alan, he mentioned that he would be interested in getting his hands on one of these weapons sold by Jasper Quent to examine it and see what it is that is so special about them that uh, he should be driving smiths out of business and the town council should wish to purchase so many of them. Well, if we can obtain a guard's uniform, I can pass as a guard. I think that could be arranged. Speaking of unique talents, uh, also in conversation with Alan, uh, just as a passing favor he asked us for, there are some reagents he's looking to acquire out in the forest. Some violence might be needed. On the forest? You've come yeah. to the right man. Melian's quite good at violence. Alan is looking for three specific things. He's looking for skull flower, blood orchid, and the rack from a dire stag bear. You'll forgive me, perhaps, my impertinence, Paladin, but in the middle of an investigation to find the source of the kidnappings of children, should we really be headed out to the forest to fill a blacksmith's shopping list? Indeed, no. I think that we have more pressing matters here, but Alan does not require the materials immediately, so should we find that we have the time, perhaps we could go and find these things. In exchange, he is willing to help craft an appropriate weapon for fighting the undead, which I understand is, of course... A task wholly my own, and if it turns out that in the end I go to seek these items on my own, I will, of course, understand. There is one other matter connected with this, however, and that is that the herbalist, who it appears was uh, supposed to attain 
some of these things or information on the whereabouts of these things. The herbalist's assistant has gone missing, went into the forest over a week ago, and has not returned. So ah. should should we find ourselves in the forest, it would be not just a good deed for the blacksmith, but also possibly if that person is still alive. Um, Yeovan, this question is likely to be for you, or perhaps your associate, but do city folk often go missing in the forest, as I would expect? Yovan would cast an eye over to Marin. Well... The Darkling Woods are... There's lots of, uh, how do I put it, uh, rumors, folklore, tales, tall tales. Kids, of course, are told not to go into them. We're all told that there are terrible monsters inside there. But loggers go in. There's quite a large logging community up in Barrowman's. To say it's actually a little town, even. And that's almost in side the darkling forest people that go in sometimes they say that they don't that they don't come out or that if they do times changed spirits play tricks on them and the word spirits melian just looks over at faileth i can't answer right now i'm be- busy being quiet faileth <laughs> 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 we don't need you to pretend job? to be mute here but I'm just showing you that I can, so you don't leave me behind. You're doing the best job. Now, please, participate. Okay. What are we talking about? I heard spirits. The spirits of the forests are said to play tricks on people. I myself have never gone. Uh, actually, if, if I think about it... How many months ago was that? Hmm, about four months back? A little girl went missing. Her father, though, works in Barrowman's and sends, sent money back to the family. So, the guard assumed that she'd just run away to maybe be with her father. But, uh, search parties went back and forth between the town, between Dwemer Hollow and Barrowman's, and no one ever found her. Might actually have been one of the kidnappings. Are all the children disappearing little girls? Oh, no. Uh, there was a little boy, uh, the uh, Buchanan's son. It's the one that disappeared last month. I definitely think that there's a mix. Well, this little uh, distraction out in the woods might be closer linked than you'd expect. It gets us a favor in with the smith who might tell us a little bit of information about Jasper Quint, who seems to be tied up in the middle of all of this. In addition, I suppose if there's a child that went missing out that way, that might be bearing worth looking into. And finally, definitely not the main bit, but it would help me rest easy at night, um, a little bit of magic armament for you and our paladin when we come across this uh, being of nothing that walks freely through folks' homes without raising an alarm. I wouldn't mind the extra little bit of uh, blessed steel on our side. You make an excellent point on that. So it seems to me that we have two goals in the near term. The first is searching out the house of Tatiana to investigate the site of the disappearance of the most recently kidnapped child. 
and the other is to acquire a one of Jasper Quent's weapons. Should be simple enough. A uh, uniform as well, if we can manage it. And a job for Marin. I will leave the surveying of the boat and any information you can in your more than capable hands. I won't let you down. You never have. Marin sort of stretches his arms a bit, scratches at his head, and stands up. Well, you know how to get in touch with me. New moon. It's not tonight. Tomorrow night. I'll be down by the docks. You open nods? Hopefully this boat comes early. While you are waiting for the boat, it would perhaps be useful if you... If it is feasible for you to also keep an eye on the shop of Jasper Quent to see what you see. If I'm gonna be uh, staking out the river, it's gonna be a bit hard. Uh, Quent's shop is inside, dockside. It's not on the waterfront itself. Ah, I see. Well, never mind then. The boat is our higher priority. Okay. Well, thank you. Did you say that the new moon was... Tomorrow night? Yes. Okay. If somebody could show me the way to the fountain, I would be happy to go and look for Tatiana's house while Melian assists you, Jovan, in acquiring a uniform and a sword. I was at the fountain. I can take you. Do you know the way, Faelith? No. <laughs> You are welcome to come with me, but perhaps we could get some directions from Melian. Okay. Also, how quiet was I, right? That was so quiet. Very quiet. I know, I'm great at it. Alright, so just just let him... Uh, fully understanding, Marin is going to go and like help listen in and get information, and Melian is helping me steal shit, yes? Or I got this completely backwards. I think nope. that's what's Sounds happening. Sounds right. Okay, cool. Hey, we're all on the same page. Okay, so who is going where? I think Quarry and Faileth are going to the fountain to find Tatiana's house. Yep. And uh, Melian and Jovan are going to get a sword and a guard's uniform. And Marin is going to the docks to listen and watch for the boat. Is that right? Sounds right to me. Mm -hmm. um, we may want to disguise Faileth before we send her back to the fountain after the considerable ruckus that was set up there. Um, <laughs> I'm very distinctive. No, she shouldn't be suspicious because I... The only one who would be suspicious is the woman we thoroughly discredited while we were there. As long as she continues to act the part of a mute. She thought I was a witch! It's still... Uh, it would make me more comfortable if it wasn't Faileth that was wandering around after the considerable ruckus that she has caused all day. Most people think I'm a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you have... Marin have... is just concerned and like his one eyebrow is up and he's like, weren't there some clothes up in the spare guest bedroom? Like, you could probably put her in a dress. No! I was thinking more uh, vest and trousers. Okay. Merritt, I don't suppose you have any uh, hand-me-downs from you or any of your younger brothers, do you? 
sold him. Shame. You sold your younger brothers? Shame on you. <laughs> no, no. Maybe he really needed Sold all any of the hand-me-downs that we didn't need. But I think that if I remember correct, when I, when I, when I when you left me alone in the house a couple months back, and I was wandering around a bit, I do remember seeing some clothing. Oh, do you not I'll... know what's in your own house, Jorgen? Oh, I don't spend much time around here anymore. I... Mostly Faylith, left the dogs. Faylith, don't criticize the man. You don't know all the things in your own bag. <laughs> I sure do. I could tell you every bone, every stone. Maybe the worms are dead now, but I could tell you how many. Oh, no, I ate a few, and I don't remember how many. Anyway, that's fair. Okay. And with that... um. You guys are able to, uh, uh, either Marin or Jovan goes upstairs and is able to find some trousers and a vest, as well as a cap, uh, that you can push, I'm, I'm uh, newsy. uh, Faylith's hair <laughs> up under, so yes, uh, y- you will look like a newsy next episode. Open the uh, and with that, Melian, you give Kawari exact instructions about where to go. And Marin says that uh, he'll follow along and help them get at least nearby there, but he won't be able to stay that long. He'll need to duck out and get back to work. You have to split up, and you start heading towards your next objectives. And we'll reconvene next week. And probably by next week, I will actually be able to share a calendar with you. <gasps> oh, fancy. Because, like, I have the days, I have the months have the weeks i have it all i just didn't get a chance to go in and check to make sure that some the the things line up and go forward correctly for the right year (laughs) cool do i need to buy more yarn i have a corkboard around here somewhere always you always need more yarn listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. Now. Because wouldn't that be tragic? Do we need to set a reminder? Oh, Sasha, you're really quiet again. Again? Gosh dang it. This is better. No, you're back. You're back to normal. Microphone, what's your deal? We shall have a firm talking to you and I. <laughs> but I didn't do anything. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to my microphone. I'm gonna waste <laughs> my breath giving you a stern talking to. Probably a good call. <laughs> like you'd change now. For better or worse, you are who you are. <laughs> Yeah.
Yuvin will wave down to Marin. That's I has been expecting you all day. Oh Christ! I picked up her accent again. Give me one. <laughs> <laughs> You've been sucked Fuck. into the Scottish hole, yeah. Uh, God damn it, Marin. Which can sometimes be really good. Mmm, <laughs> Scottish hole. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Alright. From the top. 